This story is a tearjerker. This is one of those stories that just leaves you asking yourself why. One of the reasons why we love doing this podcast isn't to scare people or freak anybody out. It's literally to educate people and to just show people what can happen if you're not aware of your surroundings. There are so many good people in this world, yes, of course, and then there are some people who are complete monsters with the face of a friendly neighbor. This is the story of one of those monsters and the sweet angel he selfishly took from this world. This is the story of five-year-old Destiny Ann Norton from Salt Lake City. She was born on November 30th, 2000 to Rachel and Ricky Norton. Now, both parents had a pretty rough upbringing. Um, Rachel Destiny's mother never really had a steady home life, transitioning from group home to group home until she eventually, you know, aged out of the foster system. Destiny's father, Ricky, he didn't have an easy upbringing either. He had a very long rap sheet, I mean, really before he was even old enough to get his driver's license. And the two had met when they were in their early 20s at a mall in Utah and instantly finding themselves attracted to one another. Rachel had two children from a previous relationship, and when her and Ricky got together, they happily welcomed the first addition to their family together, and that was little Destiny Anne, or Annie, as her family liked to call her. The story's even more sad when you call her Annie. Her Annie, I know, just hits you different. The family had lived in this small-style ranch home duplex, and this duplex was also shared with other friends and other couples. It was said to be like up to 10 people in that one house. I read that. I was like, that's a lot a of shitload. people. And then I saw that it was for economic <sighs> reasons, which I'm not really... I don't know. I don't live in Utah, but... I just think it made that it was for them. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a nice way of putting it. It made sense for that specific <laughs> area. Destiny was a tiny little lady with dirty blonde hair with green streaks in it. She had the biggest smile. She was a tiny three foot six Sagittarius and a feisty one, as little girls are. We have nieces. Mm -hmm. We know. (laughs) But they're so cute. They really are, but they're just feisty. (laughs) On the evening of July 16th, 2006, Destiny was arguing with her parents after her bath about her bedtime, the dreaded bedtime. (laughs) They told her to go to bed and she, you know, going on 15 years old, just totally refused and went outside to play in the backyard. (laughs) At this time, she was only wearing an oversized shirt that belonged to her mom that was black and gray striped. The family's yard is an open area that was shared with another small home that was right behind it. So Destiny was outside. She played alone, minding her own business. When the neighbor's dog from the little house that shared the yard um, heard her and came out and started barking. So the owner of that dog walks out to see what the dog is barking at and he sees little Destiny outside playing. So he quietly, but unfortunately successfully gains her attention, and gestures to her to come over to him. Now, like, she knows him because he's the neighbor. So, obviously, you know, she might feel comfortable walking over. And, unfortunately, she does. Now, this neighbor is 20-year-old Craig Roger Gregerson. He's the seventh of the eighth kids in his family. 
Um, Craig was described as somewhat of a loner. Like he didn't graduate high school. He wasn't very accomplished. He just really didn't have a lot going on for himself. Now, Craig was married and he had a daughter, but he was separated at this time. And his estranged wife claimed that he was abusive. So once Destiny enters into Craig's front door, he shuts it and Destiny is now trapped inside. Frightened, Destiny begins to scream like she wants to go home, like pleading, let me leave. And immediately then, Craig covers her mouth, pressing her face as hard as he can Mm. until she's no longer breathing. You guys, just like that, within minutes, if that, of her being lured away from her yard, little Destiny is dead. Like her young, sweet life is just gone. So Greg, who at this time had no criminal record, is spooked while he's still holding Destiny's lifeless body with his hand over her mouth because his phone rings literally two minutes after Destiny's last breath. If only it could have rang like four minutes earlier. No kidding. There would have been like... Just go back in time. Go back in time. Yes. You know, don't pay attention to the dog because you're on the phone. It doesn't matter. <sighs> Just take the call and do what the fuck they're asking you Can to you do. Can you imagine how different the story would have been? We would be telling a different story right now. Mm-hmm. So when the phone rings, it's a call letting him know that it's outside of his normal routine, but he has to go and pick up his daughter from his ex's house. So he's kind of freaking out and he ends up still holding Destiny's body, taking her downstairs and hiding her within this complete mess of a basement until he can get back, you know, hoping nobody's going to notice where he's hidden her. Mm. So the basement is so creepy. The stairway leading downstairs looks like something out of a fucked up movie. Like I'm so glad that Destiny didn't see where he was taking her. That could be the only positive in this case absolutely because it's terrifying like we'll post pictures of it on our social media um the stairs are made of like this super dark wood and everything is just filthy the walls are like this barn or burgundy red and just have like shit all over them and just to think that he took her down there and just laid her there and it was just horrendous i feel so bad for her so Craig leaves the house to go get his daughter and when he returns he's obviously home alone um he goes downstairs into the basement and does some pretty unthinkable things with Destiny's lifeless body quickly 50 police and dogs were aiding the overnight search for Destiny Now, her parents are completely heartbroken over her disappearance, and they have absolutely no idea that literally their baby girl is maybe 150 feet away from them. So instead, these police are chasing two tips that they had received pretty early on, and these were sightings, possible sightings of destiny. So these are looked into, immediately squashed, And at one point in the investigation, police were looking into over 250 tips. I mean, they had so many tips, you guys. People were deeply invested in bringing Destiny home. They just wanted her home safe. So by the eighth day, there were, get ready for this, you guys, more than 5,000 people scouring this town looking for any clues or any signs of Destiny. 
There was a $15,000 reward that had been offered for any information leading to Destiny's return, and that was quickly doubled to $30,000 that the FBI had matched. So multiple vigils were being held, you know, to keep Destiny's name out in the press. And guess who was front and center at those vigils? Fucktard Craig. Fucking Craig. And they always insert themselves. Right? I swear. I We have seen so many cases where the actual perpetrators, like, attend the vigils. They help with the searches. Do all this stuff. All Disgusting. while knowing that that was the crime they committed. It's almost like they they like it they do like they like mm-hmm. to know actually i did this but i'm gonna i'm gonna help it's sick it's a sick disgusting mind that these people have so because craig lives so close to the family naturally he's going to be questioned in her disappearance when the police arrive at his door it wasn't for any other reason than him living in the media area like they wanted to know hey did you see anything did you hear anything well at soon as they started talking to Craig, they could smell his bullshit. And they end up asking him if they can come inside and like take a look at his house. Greg was more than willing to cooperate with them, of course, because he's a psychopath mm-hmm. thinking he's going to get away with murder. Hate literally. Um, the police go in and they don't really see anything inside, but they're definitely not ready to walk away from this house or this person. So before the police or the FBI leave the house, Craig himself offers to take a lie detector test. Dude, he's got balls. Big ones. Yeah. Um, when law enforcement leave the residence, they go straight to the judge requesting a full search warrant for the house. They were not done with Craig and they knew that something was going on there. So they were back at his front door with a search warrant in hand on July 24th. This is now eight days into the search of Destiny's disappearance, which is just fucking agonizing to even think about. I can't, as the days go by, it's just, I mean, your mind automatically turns Mm. to the worst anyways. So they decide to go down into that horrifying, disgusting basement that reeked at this point of household cleaners. And that's where they find little Destiny Ann's body with a bunch of just shit around her you guys like it was obviously an attempt to conceal her tiny body Mm. so sad law enforcement took a bunch of evidence from the house that day but nothing really relevant to the story as we knew it there was a letter of some sort that was referenced by craig in a post polygraph interview with the fbi Though we actually couldn't find it. So it's said that within the handwritten letter, or we'll call it a plan, Craig had documented the kidnapping of Destiny a month or even months prior to July 16th. Like he had been stalking her. He had been planning this all along. Like, are you serious? Yeah. It's disgusting. And in his words, not exactly, but pretty much, he totally confessed. Like, I once again, want to be an investigator because I would kill to see what was in that letter. Stalking this little girl all along. That's disgusting. And it's in there. It's their neighbor. Their it's somebody neighbor. Can you who imagine? smiles at them. Yeah. Probably waves at them Good every morning. time they see them. And he's just planning this against their <sighs> tiny I daughter. Him. I hate him so much. 
So Craig gives his confession to the FBI coming clean about everything that he had done. Aggravated murder and kidnapping charges were formally filed against him on July 27th. Craig's ass was facing capital murder charges and was up for the death penalty. But as he sat solo waiting in his cell for his trial, he decided that he didn't want to go through the trial or anything for that matter. So he had accepted a plea deal that had been offered to him a little, you know, prior um, saying, you know, I'll take the plea deal and just forego the trial like, you know, just sentence me. So he pled guilty December 2006 in exchange for a lesser sentence of life without the possibility of parole in addition to a 15-year life sentence, which both have to be served concurrently. So what I'm seeing here is you can kill a little girl for no apparent fucking reason with no emotion, go on to hide her in your creepy basement and live with her in your house for that long. Have zero emotion and you can't face your punishment? Like, please. Because he's scared of death. Exactly. You know what? Like, I am so pissed. But at least Rachel and Ricky didn't have to sit through that trial. I'm just trying to see, like, a silver lining here. Yeah. But I just wouldn't want them to hear about their daughter's last moments alive. But I don't know. I'm not in that position. So Um, did I mention that during the trial, he chose to not say a word to the family? Hmm. But he did write Destiny's parents a letter, and I have it right here, so I'm going to read the whole thing, but it's not very long at all. He writes, Dear Norton family, you have every right to hate me, every right to want me dead, and every right to never forgive me. I take full responsibility for your daughter's death, but her death was not the worst part. What I did after she was dead was unexcusable, sick, and disgusting. I hate myself for what I did. I am in terrible pain every day because your daughter is dead by my actions. She should still be with you. All I can say is I'm sorry. The words are small, but they are so sincere. Sincerely, Craig Gregerson. Yeah, because that letter is just justice. Thank you. Thank you for writing that letter. No. Now, we know it's been a while since all of this went down, but I think we all should just write him back and let him know what a horrible piece of shit person that he is i mean imagine being rachel going through this not only is her daughter dead but she was also almost nine months pregnant how did she not go into like an early labor living through this nightmare i'm (sighs) nine months pregnant no idea but her baby she named faith and it was she was literally born five weeks after destiny had passed away Mm. so you guys we have to tell you When we were writing this script, um, I legitimately wanted to write to this douchebag and tell him what a pile of garbage he was. So I looked up his address and he's on a prison pen pal site. I don't get those. Marie, you have to read the bio that he has to the people because it's hilarious. It's almost too much, you guys, but we're going to give it to you here. So his bio says... Can't have pictures of ourselves. We'll send one if you're around for Christmas. Don't want money or friendship. Wife died a few years ago and tired of being heartbroken and alone. Ready to move on. I hope I can find my next wife. 
looking for a woman not afraid to write dirty letters or maybe be murdered right (laughs) send dirty pictures but no nudity and send things of similar nature by request prefer asian women but any woman good feet no tattoos intelligent adventurous is required how adventurous adventurous are you gonna get in prison guy like calm down he's like crushed up spicy cheetos and i threw it in my top ramen he goes if a 10 to my three meets all other expectations we'll send money for outfits what money are you going to be sending by the way shoes etc anyone interested please write because you never know what will happen Factory original females only. No transgenders. Fuck you. He's very, very specific in his, you know, demands here. Then he finishes it off with, don't judge a book by its cover. My crime is messed up, but it's not who I am. I've come a long way since then. Into science, astronomy, manga, anime. Like all music, not rap and country. (laughs) More info provided if requested. Phone calls are free during the pandemic, so act now. Act now? Act now. What the fuck? Go fuck yourself. You're a monster. Honestly, the fact I've dabbled in this a little bit and looked at some of these inmates' profiles just because it fucking fascinates me, but like, they're so disturbing that these inmates have these profiles and like, people actually write them though. People fucking do it. Any chick who writes to him, dude. Knowing that you killed and assaulted a five-year-old girl, you, that show gonna be Life he's after, getting mail from women right now. You yes. guys, like that show Life After Lockup. They obviously didn't commit crimes like these, but I mean, shit's weird. Oh my god! So Craig will be in a high-security prison cell in total isolation for the remainder of his life with his letters with his letters oh god and a man <laughs> the department of corrections has the duty of protecting him from the rest of the population because of the nature of his crime i mean he wouldn't last much longer than destiny did in his hands if any prisoner had gotten a hold of him and i guess that's why reina what they call karma a bitch mm, there it is The community really rallied around Rachel and Ricky after Destiny's disappearance. They wanted better for them, and they wanted to relieve pressure that they had in their lives. So monetary donations were collected. They were given to Rachel and Ricky. I mean, tens of thousands of dollars and a car was donated to them by a dealership, among a bunch of other things. While they were living this hell of having, you know, lost their daughter to this murder, things didn't go well for them even after all of this help. They ended up moving into a house and they lost it shortly after. Then Rachel alleged that Ricky, who was very heavily into drugs, pretty much blew through all their money. She found herself and the girls homeless. Jeez. I know. It's, the story just gets worse. And then... Ricky went on to jail for drug charges, and unfortunately, the couple divorced in 2009. Their difficult, like, upbringings, none of that ever left them. Oh, it stayed with them. and It just continued to get worse. Very, very sad for the family. A nonprofit in Destiny's name was founded a year or two after her passing, but it was only in operation for a few years. I'm not sure why. Um, there were a lot of our sources that that's all they said was, you know, it popped up and it was a really cool organization that was going to help fund searches for missing kids, but it fell flat. So it's unfortunate. I know that would be something cool to like start back up again in her name. I agree. 
Well, guys, uh, thank you for joining us this Friday, and we'll see you back here next week, same time, same place. Bye, Bye guys.